Welcome to The Wind Down, an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech. Enjoy while Scott and Nick open up about their week in technology. Well, ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to The Wind Down. I'm Nick and I'm here with... Scott. And I'm really here with Scott. Hello, Scott. Hello, Nick. How are you going? Very good indeed. I'm very good indeed. Now, we're in a very special place today. We are. We're in a pub. Yes, I remember these. (laughs) It's been a while. It's been a while. People used to go there and socialise. They did. They did. And we're doing it again. We are um, indeed. um, So, where are we? What are we drinking? Well, we're we're back at the firehouse this time around and uh, seeing what's new on the wine list. And this week, we've got a little bottle called the Lindsay Collection. It's a 2018 Barossa Shiraz. And, um, oh yeah, you know, it's um, it lives up to its description. It says it's a crimson hue, and I can tell you it is actually red in colour. It is red, yes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, um, yeah, I don't know how to describe this yet. Oh, pub wine. Pub wine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that's, sums it up pretty well. <laughs> okay, cool. So today, first of a two-part series... Um, CompTIA came out with a recent document. Which one, did, which one was it? Um, it's the 2022 Outlook. And just for, for those that don't know who CompTIA is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I get to say this. <laughs> yes, so right. CompTIA is the Computing Trade Industry Association, globally the largest trade industry association for the IT industry, with members in every country in the world and an ANZ community as well, which is about five years old, and I was the founder chair of that. You were indeed. There we go, yes. there we go. So let's talk about what... CompTIA SAG. So obviously this is how they see the IT channel moving. It, it is. So look, every year they come out with a um, some, I guess, predictions or some thoughts around where everything's heading. Um, this was interesting. In some some sort of, yeah, okay, that's just pretty obvious. And some, oh, okay, that's that's an interesting thought. I wonder how they come up with that. But I mean, I, I guess when you look back at what's been happening in the last sort of couple of years, yep. everybody's been fairly tactical yes. about their business operations. Um, there's not a lot of um, uh, businesses that were around sort of beforehand going, we're going to do massive investments during this time because we can see how this is going to play out and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, everybody's fairly cautious and just working on, hey, how yep. do we how do we just you know, make sure that we're doing everything we need to do, stay around, everyone gets paid, blah, blah, et cetera, et cetera, and just work out how do we get to the tail end of it. Well, now that we're sort of at that point, Business optimism seems to be increasing. Well, that's that's good. It's been it's been funky over the last couple of years. So it, it has been very in, interesting in indeed. Customer land and IT providers. You know, it's it's been a weird bit of, weird bit of the world. It has um, been. But it but it's led to some really interesting, you know, thought ideas and experiments. In that, yeah, if if we we go back, yeah, five ten years. The workplace was this soggy inside with this hard outside with, and I mean that from a firewall yeah, point yes, of view. Yes, yes, you're but right. From a technology point of view, we had stuff inside the network and you went to work and, and that's all changed. It, it, it has, it has. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of technology changes that the whole um, the whole last couple of years has really pushed forward quite quickly. And you, you're right, we, we have this concept of a remote worker now that previously, I oh, could just go work from home. But now, it's a, hang on, I actually want to work from home. I, I don't want to come to the office. And we're seeing um, a, a lot of business owners and just other people that we, we know and talk to saying, how do I get my staff back in the office? Yeah. We, yeah. They don't want to come back. What am I doing? It's, well, hang on, maybe you don't need to. Are you 
are you just as productive with them where it is? And maybe they only need to be there part-time. Yeah, well, well, my yeah. team don't want to come into the office at all because they're, they're a development team. They're, they're more productive not being there. Hey, look, realistically, if I don't have to pay office space for people that don't want to be there, yeah. hey, hey that, that's, that's great. I will say, though, that um, yeah, prior to all of this going on, our floor was full yep. of businesses, and now it's about two-thirds empty. Um, yes, it is interesting. Which is interesting. And I know that um, just looking at when I go to um, stop in at clients and various things, I'm seeing a lot of empty desks around the place. Mm. Yeah, well, it, it is interesting, isn't it? You know, people are only coming in one, two, three days a week if they're coming in at all now. Well, well, well that's it. And the, the whole concept of where travel was um, coming from, they're sort of saying, hey, we, we, don't, we don't really want to do that, you know, uh, that, lose that time from travel every day. It doesn't actually buy us anything. We well, I did that today. I came into the office today. I've wasted two hours of my day when I could have been productive. Yeah. Well, to, in, I listen to podcasts, so I actually got two hours of my day back uh, to actually listen to a podcast. But um, <laughs> point. but you're listening to our podcast and you already knew what was in it. Uh-huh. Oh, quality control. <laughs> there you go. Um, okay, so that, that, was, that was one thing about the, the... It's no longer as easy just to put a box around your workplace. Of course. Uh, and that does also raise the issue with um, with IT that you used to be able to protect what was just inside the business yep. and now the business is well everywhere. We'll come back to that one in a little bit though. Sure. Um, we've also said, uh, and this is a report that came in from uh, McKinsey globally, just saying that um, digitization has really changed the way um, supply chains work, customer relations work and the way businesses operate in general. Uh, and it's really pushed forward. They're saying about three to four years of sort of outlook and growth of what people were saying. Over the next three to four years, we'll go and do this, 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 and this to you know, improve our business in line with mm-hmm. digital means. That's all here now. Wow. So all that digital disruption, that digitizing my business, the businesses who've got ahead have done it now. They have. And um, it's really put a lot of focus in those particular areas, perhaps at the you know uh, the loss of other areas. Sure. Um, but these are driving some very interesting changes in the way businesses work. Anyway, um, what else have we got here? Uh, second one, changes in business travel are driving innovation. That's an interesting concept. So let's just you know, re- replay that again. So changes in business travel are driving innovation. That's right. So because people do different business travel, now there's innovation, really? <laughs> so here's, here's the thing. With everybody basically becoming uh, Teams and Zoom people over the last couple of years, yep. uh, it, there's there's two sort of fields of view here. One is the, the traditional business leaders have been saying, we want to get people back face-to-face because we understand that when they're networking and in that sort of social-style interaction, a lot more gets done and things just happen and conversations take place that wouldn't naturally take place over a, a remote um connection mm-hmm. conversation so uh, and because of that that drives innovation therefore we can become more productive therefore we can go and deliver more and so forth so they, they want to get people together and socializing and interacting at a one-to-one personal level or even one to group personal level um, that's the business owner or the business executive sort of level the younger generation that is sort of 
that's all they know the online bit saying well we, we don't need that we're very comfortable with this you know online you know be in there efficient i've done my bit now i can go off and do whatever else i need to do i don't see what value it's going to be if i have to travel somewhere if i have to physically meet people you want me to go on a plane to a conference and stay away just to be able to talk to someone what is this yeah. what are you talking about yeah and it's, it's funny i certainly noticed this a lot in the open source community, which you know, being a Microsoft team, we're playing more and more and more in, mm. is there's so much communication that happens over things like Discord uh, and other things like that, that, that that level of communication is actually, I think, in a way better than what we had before because we've expanded our networks outside of the business to all mm. sorts of other people. So innovation happens a lot better, at least in the architecture and development areas. But for those that are used to using that as a method of... Oh, you have to get yep. used to using it as well. Oh, right? yes. Oh, yes. Okay, so that, that's, that's interesting. I wonder what will win out of that. I, I, no idea. I think, we're, I think there is going to be a change in the number of those sort of general, let's all jump on a plane and go have a weekend away for a rah-rah session or something like that. There'll be a bit of that, hey? Still, go on, I'm please. Sure there, I'm sure there will be. I'm sure there will be. It, it serves a number of purposes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what else have we got? Um, the, the impact of regulation goes beyond laws. Now, this is interesting. So we've always said mm. that legislation isn't keeping up with technology. And we've seen this in cryptocurrency. We've seen this in um, uh, data encryption. We've seen it in all sorts of areas where the legislation is is behind the technology, right? So, yeah, so what do they right. mean by this? So th this is sort of saying that you, you, you're right. The, the laws, are, laws will appear one day. And you know, even these days, we're starting to see new antitrust suits for whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But the organisations the antitrust suits are becoming are going against, this stuff's been around for you know, five, ten years already. How is it taking this long to get to the point of you know, putting the lawsuits in place? And yeah. it's just, it does take that long for laws to take effect. Um, it's, it's um, as someone once said, that you know, uh, just make sure you don't make an enemy of the government. They're very slow to react. But once they catch up with you... Yeah, you're, you're, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, that's the um, and that's a really interesting point. You may think they're they're slow and they won't react, but they will. It might take them a decade, but they'll that's get right. you. That's right. Eventually, it'll come along. Yeah. Um, so that that was that. And what what it's saying is that the, the, there's issues today. Things like privacy, for example, and who owns my data, and all this sort of thing. That the laws are not in a position to really make good statements about that. In fact, there yes. are no laws, and it's really the initial court cases that are starting to define that. So what's happening is the industry itself is starting to self-regulate via people are saying, no, I'm not going to use that service because I recognise that it hasn't got good privacy controls, or I'm right. not going to do this, or I'm going to migrate all my data off that platform because of this reason or that reason, and that starts to become a movement across the globe. So, so does that mean, as an industry, we need to start self-regulating? We, we sort of do already, but we do it very loosely. Yeah. We, we, we've been out there just doing whatever happens to work and then worrying about whatever the issues are later on. So that's, um, that's very much where I see yeah, industry associations. Yeah, it, we, we don't really have the equivalent of a, a, a chartered accountant's association. We don't have the equivalent of that in our industry. Do you no. see that being something that, that might happen? I, I think maybe more in other geos than this one. I, I don't know. It's a, this is a hard, um, a hard thing to sort of put a scope around because as soon as you do that, you tend to stifle the speed of innovation 
Yep. Because it becomes very, no, let's think about that. Let's put some controls around it. Let's just do a little bit and see what happens. Let's let's let it go for a couple of years and then, yep. okay, that was okay. So now we can enhance it a bit. And that, that's not what happens in IT. IT is just, look, go full steam ahead off you and see what happens. Yes. And if it fails, it fails. Yep. And if it doesn't, there we go. There's a new thing. And it generates new issues, which the rest of the world then has to keep up with and identify, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Good point. We don't want to stop people inventing tech. No. Right? But we do want to make sure... I think it's like, you know, we have a thing in, in you know, Australian finance called the sophisticated investor, where unless you've got a certain amount of financial wherewithal, you can't invest in an early stage company. Yes. You go for your life investing on the stock market. That's regulated. But the early stage stuff, we keep mums and pops away from. Maybe that's what they mean in tech. You know, trying to protect people who don't understand the risks from taking them. They have the same sort of thing in the US. I think it's a $50,000 entry point, at which point you become an accredited investor. Yep. And certain funds are not allowed to receive amounts below that. Yes. Um, just on the basis of they're not providing or the people are unlikely to understand what's going on or have the experience or the knowledge needed. For mm. sure. Mm. Okay. Um, another one. Tech budgets. Hey, I am. Growing? Shrinking? So here's the thing. Traditionally, they have been shrinking. In reality, they've been growing. Now that I've confused you... You have. Because your, your traditional IT play used to be seen as a cost center in the business. Mm. And this, this is not yesterday, but this is year, in years past where, where IT would be this cost center. Oh, okay, we need some computers. Yeah, I know they do things. So look, how much are they? Here's your budget to spend on computers and whatever this year. And, you know, don't go over it. Yep. Um, because it was just seen as like another tool to use. Yes. Now we're way past that where we're saying, here is how IT can help your business become more efficient, become more productive, to help you grow and scale, to generate more revenue with less effort. It's, but it's now not actually just, strategic. It's, it's not just the IT manager buying IT now. It's No, it's, 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 all it's, of it's everybody. Business, right? it's, it's, it's from every marketing person that puts a credit card down for to get access to tools to every operations yep. person that goes and buys something they download off the internet to help a function go better and faster. Mm. All the stealth IT that happens. Um, even when you start pulling all that together and start looking at IT at a strategic point of view, when we're starting to see boards now looking at Okay, it's not just that we've got to throw so many dollars in to, you know, buy some computers this this year. No, we're going to invest in these strategic growth products that yep. use technology. It all starts to come together. Therefore, so, so, in so, that respect, growing. So finally, IT is becoming strategic in the customer base. Excellent. Woo! <laughs> yay for us. <laughs> uh, yay for IT, I suppose. I'm yep. not sure we were responsible for it, but no, we certainly no. tried. So that, no. that's cool. That's cool. So I, I get that. Um, okay. Number five is all about security, isn't it? You've got, it's yes. got to be security. We can't do a podcast without security, can Let, we, let's, Scott? Let's talk about security. It's, well, we don't want to do a podcast without mentioning security somewhere. So security is now starting to become a lot more proactive yep. at that cybersecurity level. And what we're saying is that you know, in, in the past, you do some um, sort of tactical things. Yes, I've got antivirus. Yes, I've got a firewall. I put some controls in. Maybe I collect some logs and do whatever. Now organisations are going a lot beyond, a lot further beyond that, and this is also because the the issues they are protecting against left those previous issues behind many years ago. Yep. 
So you'll see organisations that are doing their own pen testing. In fact, one of our clients is doing a pen test this afternoon, we know Absolutely. about. Absolutely. I've um, just seen some of the results of it. <laughs> well, I hope it was good. Anyway, we won't go there. <laughs> the, um, but the... Um, we're seeing organisations having their own internal red and blue teams. Um, a, a red team is a, a group of people that actually goes and attacks their own infrastructure trying to break into it to find holes. And the blue teams are actually out there trying to prevent the red teams from succeeding. It's kind of funny, isn't it? It's, 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 it was, this was all in the strange world that was cyber security, but now it's... it's like native within businesses, it, and that's so cool. It is. It used to be that you would um, engage with a security company to go and do your pen test or do whatever, but yep. a lot of this is even in the in the larger organisations with the individual teams, and it's been around for a while. Um, vulnerability scanning, we're seeing a lot more of that now. In fact, um, that's one of the new enhancements in the latest Essential 8 updates from, um, from July, that you need to be doing vulnerability scanning and on see, your we, environment. We, across all the code bases we write, we run that automatically across our code bases. Uh, in real time, before we even ship anything. So mm. it's, it's far more mainstream than it ever mm. used to be. But it's it, it's interesting now that it's a it's a key thing and the, the vulnerability scanning vendors are all out there going, hey, we can do this, we can do this, and they're becoming very popular. Mm. No, absolutely. So that's, that's, an, that, that's the first five points that have sort of come up there. And I guess the, the interesting thing is when you think about your own businesses, how many of these things have actually been happening? Well, it's funny, it's how many of these things are happening and how many of these things should happen. Yeah. So you need to, when, when you hear these, these this is what, yeah, as a global industry, CompTIA are, are projecting that we'll be doing. And they, they seem pretty on the money to me, and they normally are. They do. Now, look, it's, it's unlikely you're going to have every item. Yes. Um, but you should at least have two or three of those five at some level. And if, um, you're, if you're missing a lot, then maybe you need to rethink your technology priorities, right? could be or maybe look it could be your business model is not one that has a lot of technology in it uh, but I can tell you there's there's not a lot of those business models these days mm. um, when um, many many years ago um, I, I met someone that was doing 25 year business plans and I go really you, you haven't met the IT industry have you so yeah, you're lucky you're yeah. doing one year business plan yeah, at the moment without, without revising it twice along the way and I said what 25 year business plan what, what are you in he said forestry you oh, yeah. they, they, they build sustainable forests and that sort of thing. I thought, oh, that's actually quite interesting. But even today, IoT devices doing soil temperatures, doing moisture there controls, they're, they're out there and they're being put into environments that are measuring how well things are working. Yep. Do I need to add fertiliser? Oh, too much fertiliser over there. Lay back on that tomorrow. Oh, what's happening? It's the whole agricultural method of um, doing things using IoT now has completely changed. Yeah. No, it, it has. Hmm. Scott, that was fascinating. I enjoyed that first half and I'm looking forward go. to the second half. To everybody else, thank you so much for watching. We really appreciate it. If you do like what you see, leave us a like. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a comment about things you'd like us to discuss or a question or anything you want and we'll try and answer it on the show. You can catch us here on YouTube, LinkedIn or Facebook, or you can listen to us on Spotify, audible.com, or wherever you get your favourite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. So before I finish, just to prove it, I can touch Scott again, which is awesome. It's been months. <laughs> we couldn't do that using StreamYard. But I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and we look forward to catching up with you again very soon. Thank you so much. Thanks, Bye -bye. everyone. Bye.